But it's time that I can't use Rosemary on the door In time that I can't use It seems like sage is all the rage With the hippies nowadays But it's fine with wine Rosemary don't mind That time that I can't use I can't use I can't use It is time once again for another episode of Best Buds here at 980 WCAP. Best Buds brought to you by Treehouse Craft Cannabis, located in Dracut on Silver Lane, Main Street in Pepperell. The purpose of Best Buds is to educate and inform you about the cannabis industry in Massachusetts. I'm Gary Francis, and uh, we are here today at the Dracut location with Matt Allen. He is the CEO of Mass Craft Cultivation out in Coleraine, Massachusetts, and they're the folks that do the outdoor growing for Treehouse. Matt, welcome to 980 WCAP and to Best Buds. Great. Uh, thank you for the invitation. It's good to be here. It's good to have you again. Uh, tell me something now. Uh, explain to us the whole situation as to how and why uh, whatever is sold in Massachusetts has to be grown or processed in Massachusetts. Certainly. Um, you know, that's unlike most products out there on the market, whether we're talking about beer or other agricultural projects, uh, products. The reason we cannot transfer any cannabis across state lines is because it remains illegal federally. Ah. And so, uh, while many states have legalized it, uh, any, any, uh, yeah, any travel across lines would be, would still be a federal crime. And so no, uh, Marijuana programs in any states allow sale at the retail stores of any product that was made out of state. Oh, I see. Okay. Now, are you an entirely outdoor growing facility out there, or do you have a combination of greenhouses and outdoor? Or how, how is it set up? Well, our plants mature outdoor. Uh, we don't have a greenhouse per se, but we do have a propagation room. So uh-huh. we do start them inside. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll plant the seeds or take clones um, as early as March um, when it's still very cold outside. And then we want to transplant into the field around mid-May. But mm-hmm. we like to transplant out plants that have grown a bit. So they're a little hardier. So they're going to be maybe 5 to, to 10 inches tall when we finally transplant them in the field. Um, and then from then on... Uh, from May until harvest in September, October, the plants are just growing. So that's the phase okay. we're in right now. Um, we've got about uh, 2,500 plants out there, and some are, some are already at six feet tall. Wow. Now, this year, 2023, has been a very rainy season. I mean, look, we had the floods up in uh, New Hampshire and uh, Vermont, and you guys aren't that far from Vermont. Uh, did that uh, hurt or help you guys this year? Yeah, that's a good question. It has been crazy out there. I mean, the the rains in in Vermont, they're talking about one in a thousand year right. uh, event. And so I even have some staff who come down from Vermont. So mm-hmm. you're right, we're right on the border and I'm seeing uh videos and pictures that staff are bringing in of of uh, uh cars floating down the street right. in Vermont. Right. And so we've uh, been encountering tons of rain, but we're very fortunate. Uh, I had never even realized this until this year, but our our farm is on a hill. 
So the rain ah. just washes right out. Now, it does wash out our driveway. We're calling the driveway the Grand Canyon right now. <laughs> we got to fill it up almost every, uh, every week with, with, with uh, rocks and dirt with our tractor. Uh-huh. But, you know, some farms down in Amherst, uh, just about 45 minutes away from us, they've been totally wiped out. Not cannabis farms. Right. But I've heard of some, some community-supported agricultural farms that have, have been wiped out. So I, I'm very grateful that... Um, you know, we're on a hill, frankly. I had heard that, too, that a lot of the farms just lost their corn crop, their uh, wheat crop, their soybean crop yeah. entirely this year. Yeah. Now, uh, I was talking to a, uh, a home grower earlier today, and he mentioned to me that uh, one of the big problems with growing outside, at least he's experienced this in uh, his neighborhood, is the fact that uh, deer and other animals seem to think that marijuana plants are a delicacy. <laughs> well, there's certainly problems with pests. You know, we're worried more about insects because we do have uh, a fence around our field. You, do? you know, okay. we're required to by the state to make sure it is secure. So it's a fence with a motion detector on it and a camera. So we have, we do, there's tons of wildlife out there uh-huh. bears, deers, coyotes, kingfishers, uh, but none within our field. We do see mice and, and, and birds, but sure. uh, we worry more about, um, yeah, insects. Because uh, I had heard the deer, if they get loose in a, uh, in a cannabis patch, uh, they can eat the whole plant with no effect. I, well, you know, you probably could too, because those plants are not decarboxylated, right? So the THC is not bioavailable ah. in a in a uh, uh, plant until until uh, it's been processed. But um, you know, one of the worst insects we have is. I think it's called the European corn borer. Oh, yeah. And there used to be corn growing on our field. And so that ah. sucker, he'll go right in the stalk, eat the stalk uh, right in the middle, uh, lay eggs, and then that can knock off all your uh, co- colas because he'll eat that he'll eat ah. that part of the stalk right below the colas and they'll just fall off. So that's what we, we focus on is trying to control uh, insects through uh, integrated pest management. So uh-huh. using natural processes, beneficial plants, uh, importing um, ladybugs, those type of uh, oh, approaches to, to control those pests. Oh. How many strains do you have right now on the ground? It's pretty exciting. We've got more than 30 strains right now. Um, that's a lot, uh, but we're only in our second year of operation, so we're doing a lot of research and development. Uh-huh. And so we want to have multiple strains, and we're observing which ones produce more, which ones flower earlier, because that's something that we need. We can't have everything flower at once, right. or, it's, or it's too sure. much work. Uh, and then the, the, then we won't get done, and the plants will start to die. Um, and oh, they'll, di- they'll die at the end of this cycle? Yeah, exactly, because oh. they lose all their defenses. So right when they're done, making the buds become very susceptible to, ah. to molds and pests. And so, so unlike they, Christmas trees, where you can cut them off three feet high and get a second harvest a few years later, that's not so with a cannabis plant. That's correct. Ah. That's correct, and it's, it pretty much follows that same cycle that you'll see out in, in Mother Nature. So uh-huh. when you get to you know mid-October, you start to see um, those plants, ferns, and trees— Less trees because they're they're not. I guess we're, we're speaking really about uh, annuals, right? Um, but they will all start to decay, and the plants pretty much follow that cycle. So if you see out in your yard, your plants are starting to die. Uh-huh. Means our cannabis plants are starting to die. We uh-huh. got to get them inside. So is is the cannabis plant a perennial then, or an annual? It's an annual. So we have an to, annual, right? That's the one where we plant every year. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's correct. Okay. Sometimes with an annual, I've actually seen it in my garden at home. Every now and then, all of a sudden, one will pop up the next year that you don't expect because it shouldn't be there because it should have died off 
the year before. Does that ever happen with cannabis plants? I haven't seen it happen, but at the same time, you know, on our farm, we have to pull them out by the roots oh, you every do. year anyway per the, per the state, well, per our harvesting process. Sure. Um, Are the roots used for anything? No, we just turn them into compost. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll chip them up, throw them in a dirt pile, and then after three years, we'll put them back on the field. Oh, I see. Okay, interesting. You're listening to uh, Best Buds here on 980 WCAP and on the podcast uh, across the world. Treehouse Craft Cannabis is a recreational marijuana dispensary rooted in the belief that everyone should choose their own adventures in their stores. They have currently two locations, one at 61 Silva Lane in Drakeit. That's S-I-L-V-A. It's off Route uh, 113. Open Sundays from 10 to 6, Monday through Saturday. From 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., they also have a second location, 112 Main Street in Pepperell. Open Sundays from 10 to 7, Monday through Saturdays, from 8 till 10. You can find out more information about them by going to visit treehousema.com. And, of course, you can always stop by their facilities because they can answer almost any question you uh, you have. Now, I'm assuming that uh, the uh, cultivation facility out in Colerain, Matt, I'm assuming that that does not accept visitors. We can accept visitors. I mean, it's, we're not open the way that, you know, the retail is that anyone sure. can walk in. Uh-huh. We do have a much stricter security protocol in place. Oh, okay. But at the same time, you know, we want to get the word out about our product. We're very proud of what we've accomplished out there. Uh-huh. We grow using sustainable methods, uh, environmentally sustainable methods. Um, our product reflects, reflects uh, sort of the, the local terroir and the local community. And so we love to keep, give people tours. They just got to contact oh, okay. uh, Treehouse Cannabis, uh, send an email or, or a text, and, and we can set that up. Huh. Now, the question I have asked uh, Wes and uh, his partner in the past is, what did you do before you got into the cannabis business? And Wes, by the way, was extremely forthcoming with his whole history from back in high school. Well, I don't think we need to go back that far. Um, I started in 2006 as a political organizer, okay. um, supporting safe access to medical marijuana for patients. And so I worked on that issue for eight years, building a coalition of doctors and medical professionals and public health groups uh-huh. uh, to advocate for the legalization of medical marijuana. And then, of course, we raised the money to run the ballot initiative. And then later I moved over to the ACLU. Uh, where I worked on policy related to legalization for adult use. Ah. And I left there in um, 2021, I think, to to start this farm. Oh, okay. And uh, is Treehouse your only uh, client? It is right now. So we have our first crop coming to to wholesale. Um, And so far, we've only sent products to Treehouse. Okay. uh, But we are going to be working on getting those products out to to other stores, um, we have a f- big crop coming in in the fall, and it will produce more than, than Treehouse can sell. So okay. we do need to find additional retail partners. Now, do you only grow out there, or do you grow and process? We grow, and then we can do a little bit of processing. Okay. As long as, we don't have a manufacturing license. I so gotcha. Manufacturing license would allow you to do extraction and other more complicated uh, production. What we can do is limited to making pre-rolls, and then putting the bud into jars to sell buds. Or, ah. or sometimes we actually grind up our bud. Being outdoor, it's uh, common to, to have a, one or two seeds. And so consumers don't like that, so we just grind up the bud and take out the seeds. Oh, I see. Do you sell the seeds then? or? Uh, yeah, we're thinking about that. We haven't ah. done it yet. 
Um, you know, we've also wondered if people might like to encounter a seed if they're aware that it, that, that it was outdoor. I mean, there's got to be some education to, to consumers. Sure. Um, I think people expect seedless product, but that's just not uh, feasible out, outdoors. Now, would someone take that seed and plant it in their backyard at home? They could. They could. They could. They could. So they're live seeds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So we wondered, could, should we have a product that's called, like, the treasure hunt, where you, where you, you smoke the, the cannabis, but also look for a seed in there? Um, ah, so we're still figuring out that's something that consumers would like or if they prefer us to remove the seeds. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, do you test the products out there as far as, I don't mean testing as far as laboratories and whatnot, but uh, do you dry the product and then uh, check it to see if, you know, you enjoy it? Well, we test, the test that we do... The main test we do is a moisture test. Okay. Um, so that's to make sure that we're drying and curing the, the product appropriately. Um, in terms of testing, uh, meaning sampling, yes, we do, but because the state regulations are so strict, we have to send the cannabis to the store, and then I pick it up at the store and bring it back oh, really? to, uh, so uh, pound, to the staff. You have to account for every pound, in other yeah. words, every ounce. That's right, and ah. it needs to. We need to show that it's been um, tested for safety, uh, for pesticides and heavy metals, and that it's passed those tests. And the only way you can do that is by sending it to to a retail store. It's part of the, the process. Oh, I see. So I will bring samples back to my staff. They cannot consume on site, of course. Right, of course, naturally. They'll, they'll yeah. uh, um, you know, I'll give them those samples off site, and they'll right. take them home. But we do. I mean, we have to try it to see to see how it's going. But it's sure. actually quite a laborious process to, ah. to do that. So it's something that is kind of makes it hard to, to maintain quality control as much as we would like. Okay, out of the strains, the 30-plus strains that you have now, do you have a particular favorite? Let's see. I mean, uh, not yet. I've got to wait for them to get mature and see who's got okay. the best nose. Um, we do have some that I'm watching closely that I'm excited about that are flowering earlier this year. Uh -huh. So something interesting we're doing this year we've never done before is we have some hybrids of um, plants that are, have been crossed with autoflowers. And so... Um, what's, what's an autoflower? Autoflowers are, are, have just come on, on the market uh, over the past few years. So they're, they're not really well known. Uh -huh. um, they are from... Uh, uh, a, uh, I don't want to say a, a strain, but a, a type of uh, cannabis that's called cannabis ruderalis. So we have cannabis indica, cannabis sativa, right? And then there's cannabis uh -huh. ruderalis. Um, and they're plants that I believe are like grown up in the, the mountains of Afghanistan, uh, Himalayas. Uh -huh. And they're triggered uh, to flower, not by a change in the light, which most cannabis plants react to, right. but by growing conditions. Either they hit a little rock and they start to flower or they just flower automatically after a certain amount of time. Oh. So our struggle on the farm is, like I said, to, to get that harvest spread out sure. over, over a month or a month and a half. And so I'm excited to see that these uh, semi-terms that are crossed with flowers are actually starting to flower right now. Um, so that means that that'll make it easier, easier for us to, uh, on huh. the harvest. Now, I know in some industries, uh, like the apple industry and the peach industry and whatnot, there are roving groups of harvesters who will go around. Uh, they'll start like down south and work their way north as the maturing season uh, gets there in the harvest season. Has, is that what's happening uh, with the uh, cannabis industry? Or do you have your own people in the company 
who do all your harvesting. You know, that's interesting. I've certainly heard that uh, out in California. There, there's groups of people who, uh, you know, go from farm to farm. We end up, we, we've got about five full-time staff now. And then for the harvest, we will hire uh, five to ten more people. Um, like local people? You know, local people. A lot huh. of them have some experience out west. Um, you know, in the past, what I've seen is we hire temporarily, and then they go on. To, most of them go on to other other work. So, sure. So I don't think they're. I don't think it's quite the model you're talking about, but it's similar in that we hire temporarily uh, for a couple months. So we're going to be hiring pretty soon. Uh-huh. We're going to have jobs available about a month from now. Um, if anyone wants to apply, they can just uh, contact me at mail at macc dot farm. That's m a i l at macc dot f a r m. Okay. How many uh, acres or whatnot do you have uh, out there on the farm, and how many in cultivation? So it's about uh, the farm itself is pretty big. It's got more space than uh, than we use. So we within our fenced-in area, it's about one hundred twenty thousand square feet. So so oh. like a couple of acres. Um, there's probably another four acres available on the farm, but we're, we're, uh, also oh, it's we're, not huge. We're not talking like no. a 300 acre cornfield or something. Well, no, cause the state, the state has limits, you know? Ah. So if you, if you count our canopy, which is what the state looks at when they're determining our size, we're tier six. So that's 50,000 square feet. Okay. Uh, but the state has a limit of, of tier 11. So you cannot grow. No farm in Massachusetts for cannabis is bigger than 100,000 square feet. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yeah, so we could double, but that's about the limit. I see. Huh. Now, is it difficult to get a full processing license if you wanted to start doing extraction and making tinctures and whatnot? Is that something that they are allowing on farms under a separate license or not? That's right. It is absolutely allowed under a, a separate license. Uh-huh. Uh, the real difficulty is... You know, that extraction equipment can be, can be pretty expensive. And, and, you know, we were, we were pretty sure we were going to head in that direction when uh-huh. I was mapping out our strategy a year ago. But right now there's a lot of third party manufacturers that are coming online. Um, so we're looking for partnerships with, with I them. Gotcha. Uh, to try to, try to develop a symbiotic sort of relationship rather than invest in all that, that equipment. Sure. Right now. Sure. So in other words, the production side, the manufacturer would then buy the product from you or would they have to come to Treehouse and buy it, process it, and then buy it back? Or how does that work? It can work a bunch of different ways. I mean, usually we would ship it to them out of the farm, um, and, and, and often they would buy it. But some manufacturers um, don't pay money for it. They do tolling. So, ah. you know, the, the, they'll take a whole bunch of cannabis, they'll turn it into oil, and then they'll keep a portion of the oil and give you back the rest. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So uh, what are you seeing in the next year? First of all, you mentioned that you'll be getting a fall harvest. So is it two harvests a year in this area? For outdoor, we just do one. Oh, Although, just one. you know, actually with those, we did have some autoflowers that already already came down. So the, the oh. autoflowers, we, when we do them, they're real small. But we can okay. get a, a harvest a few months after they're planted. But we just haven't seen the kind of production uh. out of those that we're sure we're going to go with them. So it will be one harvest just with plants finishing, different, different strains finishing at different times, starting around mid-September, going to about mid-October. So what is roughly the uh, cultivation time? I know like with corn, you can go anywhere from 80 days to 120 days, depending on the variety. Uh, what does it take from the time you start a plant, uh, in, you know, in the inside or outside, until the time that it is cut for harvest? So for us, it's, it's about five months going from 
uh, putting them in the field in May, and then you know harvest them around uh, September, October, depending on the strain. But indoor growers, you know, they can change the the, the amount of light that the plants are getting uh-huh. and, and 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 hasten that process. So a lot of indoor growers will do a harvest every. Uh, as often as every six weeks, six or seven weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, even less sometimes. Uh, but for us, because we're dependent on Mother Nature, sure. it's just once a year. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, are you going to be adding more strains next year? You know, hopefully. So so what we have to do is is uh, look at which strains produce a lot this year in terms of quantity. Right. Which strains produce high THC. Which strains are resistant to pests. Ah. Um, and so we will probably... Try some new strains next year, but hopefully a lot less. Hopefully we'll find five or six that are really good for us out of this batch, and we'll stick with those, and then probably bring in a few more, maybe five or six more. But yeah, thirty is too much. We'd like to we'd like to get it down for ease of harvesting and ease uh-huh. of sales. It's just we're doing our research and development, so we want to get as much data as we can right now about uh, what's going to work best in in our uh, microclimate. Hmm. And where roughly is Colerain located in the state? It's up by Vermont, so it's out west, but not far west. I mean, we're oh. talking about uh, just north of Greenfield, so right off on of 91. You know, Amherst oh, and Northampton okay, sure. are on 91 down okay. in the southern part of the state. So if you just go straight up oh. uh, 91 until you almost hit Vermont, you're going to find our farm. So you're not near the New York border, really? Not no. really, no. Okay. That's still that's still uh, our way, at least. Okay. Our guest today is Matt Allen. He is CEO of Mass Craft Cultivators in Colerain, Massachusetts. They are... One of the growers for Treehouse Craft Cannabis, located on Silver Lane in Dracut, open Sundays from 10 to 6, Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. until 10 p.m., or 112 Main Street in Pepperell, open 10 to 7 on Sundays, Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. If you'd like to email them, info at necraftcultivators.com. Visit treehousema.com is their website. And, of course, you can stop into the stores at any time. If they uh, have a question about the cultivating and the growing process, uh, do you have a website out there? We do. It's macc.farm. Um, but folks can also follow up on the emails that you mentioned. We are a subsidiary of Treehouse, so any any messages that need to get to the farm that go through Treehouse, they, they will get there. They will forward them out there. That's right. All right. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. We do appreciate it. We hope to uh, talk to you again soon. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. All right. That's going to wrap up this episode of Best Buds here at 980 WCAP. The purpose of Best Buds is to educate and inform you about the cannabis industry in Massachusetts. If you have any questions, you can always uh, get a hold of me, news at 980wcap.com, and I will forward it off to the uh, right person. I want to thank our uh, executive producer today, JP, along with uh, Reggie the Dog, our head of security. Jim Shanker is our associate producer. I'm Gary Francis. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time on Best Buds here at 980 WCAP. I can't My mind's on the ceiling, my head's on the floor There's time in the fridge, but I don't care no more I don't care no more
tree on the door In time that I can't use It seems like sage is all the rage With the hippies nowadays But it's fine with wine Rosemary don't mind Got time that I can't use I can't use I can't 